0: Our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord! And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. On this resurrection
1: morning, I'd like to call to your attention two remarkable things that happened on the first resurrection morning. The first is a historical event. The first is the reality that Jesus Christ, who live the life that we live die a life that we will die his body was dead and it was placed in the grave the most remarkable event on that first resurrection day is that the dead body of Jesus could not remain dead the resurrection of Jesus Christ pronounced life as superior to death. In those moments when God raised him from the dead, he reversed what we know as the unalterable laws of nature, that this one would not die, but would die and be raised. That's a historical reality, and one we celebrate every Resurrection Sunday it's as though on that day death began to work backwards it's as though on that day that the carefully orchestrated plot of Satan came tumbling down on that day the officials the Roman officials and the religious officials did everything to seal his fate to make his fate the same as every other human being who died to stay in the grave but on that day history changed Life defeated death. I love the way one author has put it, Peter Kreeft. He said, The enemy's own power is used to defeat him. Satan's craftily orchestrated plot rolled along according to plans by his agents Judas, Pilate, Herod, Caiaphas, culminating in his death. And this very event, Satan's conclusion was God's premise. Satan's end was God's means. It saved the world. Christians celebrate, hear that word, Christians celebrate the greatest tragedy of all on Good Friday. In the symbolic language of revelation, the meek little lamb defeats the great and terrible beast in the last battle. Satan's bloody plan became the means of, of his own despoilment. God won Satan's captives, us, back to himself by freely dying in our place. Yes, the most remarkable thing that happened on that day is that life conquered death in the person of Jesus Christ. But something else remarkable happened on that day. Jesus' resurrection created a series of events. You might call it a chain reaction. So frequently when we think of chain reactions, we think of negative results. A chain reaction that leads to this or that, and often it's destruction. But this chain reaction does not lead to destruction or death. This chain reaction leads to life. Because with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ gives the opportunity to every human being to have the same eternal life that was his, that brought him from the dead. And that chain reaction started an unbelievable march through history. That one person after another, by untold millions and billions, would inherit the same resurrection life that brought Jesus from the dead. But my friends, it doesn't end there that resurrection life which is inserted into the life of those who believe this is same resurrection life that in the end is going to conquer all death and Jesus will restore all things including this material universe to what it was meant to be the chain reaction of Jesus's resurrection ripples all throughout history it's remarkable but how does it happen we automatically die and automatically we're not raised. It's not automatic, this resurrection life. It comes from Jesus through Jesus to us. And how does it happen? Quite simply, three ways. It happens when you simply believe. How incredibly Simple is that. Just believe. Paul puts it this way in Romans. He says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Christ has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe, death cannot conquer you. If you believe, eternal life is fused into your being And you're an eternal being. Let me add quickly that the greatest obstacle to belief is is doubt. That's why my favorite disciple in all the Bible is Thomas. On the day when Jesus appears to Thomas, who's the chief doubter among them, he looks at Thomas and he says, Here, Thomas, put your finger in my hand, in the wound. Here, Thomas, my side. Place your finger there. Thomas, stop doubting and believe. It doesn't have to be perfect faith. It doesn't have to be perfect belief. It is faith in the one who is perfect. It is weak faith in the one who gives resurrection life. That's what it means to simply believe. Notice the reading just a few moments ago on our screen from John's Gospel. When the disciples got to that place and they entered the tomb they were overwhelmed with bewilderment it says that they looked in and they believed but they did not understand they did not understand the scriptures they did not understand the gravity of the moment they didn't understand how this thing was going to be a ripple effect for all eternity they didn't even understand what eternal life was all they knew is that they believed? Quite simply, they believed. So, how does resurrection life come to us? When we simply believe. The other way resurrection life comes to us is when we simply confess. Remember the story of the two thieves who were on the cross? You had one on your right and one on your left, that is, Jesus did. And the unrepentant thief, he had an awful attitude. He looked at Jesus and in effect said, what are you doing up there? If you're so great and mighty, why don't you come down? He mocked him like the others from the crowd. Why don't you save us if you're so great? Save us and save yourself. He had a completely unrepentant attitude. His attitude was, I don't deserve this. Yeah, everybody's sinned. No big deal. Nobody's perfect. Who needs confession? The polar opposite extreme is seen in the repentant thief. He rebukes that thief and he says, man, don't you get it? This man's righteous. He doesn't deserve what he's getting. We're unrighteous. We deserve this punishment. Don't you understand? And then he turns to Jesus. He says, Jesus, remember me. When you enter paradise, your kingdom. Remember me, Jesus, the one who admitted who I was. Remember me, Jesus, the one who said, I deserve it, you don't. Remember my confession, Jesus. And Jesus gives him the most remarkable words he'd ever heard in his life. He says, my friend, today you will be with me in paradise. Just like that. I believe. I confess who I am and I receive. Resurrection life is possible for those who simply believe, for those who simply confess, and for those who quite simply follow. Because a call to belief and a call to confession is a call to follow Jesus. Jesus says, come with me. I will transform your life. I'll turn your world upside down. You will never see reality the same. Everything will be transformed if you follow me. If you follow me, everything will change. And if you follow me, you can't stand still. You got to walk with me. Because walking with me is where I recreate life for you. Walking with me is where you start to see reality in a way you never saw it before. Walking with me makes sense of life because it is life. Come walk with me, follow me. It means you can't be static when you simply follow, you've got to walk. It means companionship, too. When Jesus invites you to walk with him, to follow me, he, in effect, says something so utterly profound that it transforms all your reality. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Invite me in. Take the first step towards me. Open up wide the heart that is yours. Let me come in and follow me, and when you do, you may walk away, but I will not. You may doubt yourself, but I will not. You You may doubt me, but I will never leave you. I'm your Savior. I'm your Lord. Just follow me. What does it mean to resurrection life for you? To simply believe, to simply confess, and to simply follow. And your life will be changed forever. It'll be an unexpected journey, a remarkable journey. It will be a journey that will transform everything. And you know, it's something that happens all at once. You all at once believe. You all at once, by the grace of God, have the Holy Spirit ability to confess your sins. And you all of a sudden step from here and begin to follow but that all of a sudden that's not all there is to it because when you all of a sudden do that you continue to do it when you all of a sudden believe you're continuing to believe when you all of a sudden make a confession you continue to make a confession of who you are and when you all of a sudden decide to follow you continue to follow that's why this gospel is so universal. It's for those who've never believed an invitation, believe, confess, follow. It's for those who've believed for years the same words. Believe again. Confess again. Continue to follow. Because there's going to be days you don't want to believe. There's going to be days where confession is hard. There's going to be days where the next step is treacherous. But God is there for you. In the person of Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, is there to take you by the hand so you can continue to follow and inherit that eternal life that he's offered to you. I don't deserve not only the grace of God, but I don't deserve to be a pastor. Because I've been given the one of the most incredible blessings that a person could ever have. And that is to enter the life of others and watch God insert resurrection life into them. I'm past 50 now, getting kind of old and I really feel it when I run. (laughs) But over those 50 years and more, I've watched people since, really, I was a child Be absolutely transformed by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. In ministry for more than 15 years, I've done the same. Going on 20 now, I've watched the resurrection of power of Jesus Christ inserted into people's lives, and they've changed. And I'm privileged every Sunday morning to look at your faces, to know some of your stories. And to see in your eyes, resurrection. It's available to all who believe, who confess and follow. If it's not your story, I cannot imagine a better day. With the tapestry of life around you. To say, Lord, like that wonderful disciple I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, like that repentant thief, I get it. I need your grace. I confess my sins. And Lord, like all those who have done that, I'm going to follow you. You'll have resurrection life. If that's your story, and it's like my story, some 30 years old or more, just remember the story continues. We must continue to believe because on days we want to doubt we must continue to confess because we need to acknowledge who we are and we must continue to follow because in the following life emerges in Jesus's life our life becomes real so I invite you no matter who you are those who don't yet believe to believe those who do believe with me Bow your head and your knee. Believe again. Confess and follow. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the most wonderful day in all of human history today where life literally conquered death. Or in the words of the Apostle Paul, life swallowed up death. We thank you for that historical reality. We especially thank you for that personal reality. That that event opened the door for eternal life. And we pray, Lord, that there may be someone here today who will open the door of their heart to eternal life. No matter how fledgling it is, how simple, they will just simply believe. No matter how uninformed, they will simply confess. And no matter how weak, they will simply follow. And that today will be a new day for them. We pray for those of us who have been at this for a very long time. Lord, we falter in our faith. Help us to believe again, to believe deeply in your goodness, to believe all the way to the bottom of our being. May we, like Christ followers always should, stand before you and confess the reality of our own sinfulness and accept the wonder of your grace. And may we, Lord, infused by the power of the resurrection have the ability, which is really quite unnatural. It's supernatural. The ability to follow you. And we'll thank you for that, Lord. In the name of Christ, our risen Lord, we pray. Amen.